to racing only better ahead of plenty of action this weekend. Ascot, Haydock, Thornton on Saturday, Lingfield and Thurness to talk about on Sunday as well, including the greatest race in the history of horse racing, according to everybody this week. It is the Clarence House Chase. It is the match. It's the bout to knock the other guy out, Kevin Blake, and we can't wait for it. Somebody's always got to go. <laughs> Asterix <laughs> over fences. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to it, you. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the highlight of the week, definitely. Highlight yeah. of, of the last number of weeks. Uh, but, but we'll get to that. You will get to it. We've got it plenty is. of other action to gallop our way through before we, we get do. there. And we'll truck it all through. I know, Tony, you haven't got um, strong betting views yourself this weekend, but still, we've got plenty of races to comment on. And hopefully, we can give our listeners a bit of a steer. Yeah, yeah. We, we should dedicate this show to a friend of the show, Richard Pittman. Yeah, Rich, Richard uh, Yeah, he's a, a class ex jockey. Yeah. Lovely bloke. Yeah. And probably the most dangerous man on Twitter if you look <laughs> at his timeline. <laughs> Happy birthday, Richard. Ladies, keep lock up your daughters. Richard is on Twitter and he's on the prowl. Um, Dan Barber, <laughs> you're, um, Dan Barber's become insufferable since um, his new show, his new channel preview show has gone to air now. He's just completely, he's almost left us behind. But Dan, you'll, you'll stay with us for this weekend, yeah? Yeah, that's quite the opposite of my reaction. I'm very level, as you know, James. <laughs> Hot on the heels of turning 38 as well, so hopefully I'm not approaching being over the hill and people will still want to use me. Yeah, and you're warm enough to smoke three times and congratulations and happy birthday, my man. You're looking for that. Is that 38 inches, Dan, or... Yeah. (laughs) Bingo! Sorry. (laughs) Another few inches you'd be able to star in The Wizard of Oz. I won't tell you. (laughs) Let's go. We kick off as we've got 15 races to get through. The 145 at Ascot is the SBK Holloway's handicap hurdle. And um, Gary Claremont is your seven to two favourite for the O'Neills. John Joe uh, Senior and Junior. Unexpected party for the Skeletons of four to one. Stellar Magic at nine to two. Uh, Fee, Fields to Darius at eight to one. And let's have you like about the rest here. Um, so Kev, yeah, I, I don't have a strong view on this one myself. Have you come down on anything in particular? Oh, yes, I have, Hugo. Starting off strong here. Um, Kate Sin for Alistair Ralph, um, I think is very interesting. Um, Ran very well in this race before. Um, That was for Tom Lacey. Has switched to Alistair Ralph. They tried to... um, they tried uh, to, to go back over fences with him, uh, went wrong. He's just not a very good jumper of a fence. Um, and they've gone back over hurdles, ran very well at entry two starts to go. And then um, they stepped him up and trip. I, I don't think this horse has ever stayed three miles, to be honest. They stepped him up to just shy of it at Chepstow, um, finished uh, kind of a long way second to Bells of Peterborough. But again, he, he just shaped like he didn't get the trip. So we're coming back down in distance here. That's the first angle. And the second angle is... Um, I think there's a strong chance he'll get the front to himself. Um, you know, Smurfy Enke likes to go forward, but I, I'm just thinking that he might be happy to follow Cateson and, um, and a combination of drop and trip and the, the potential for an uncontested lead are leaning me towards him. He's a double figure price, about 10 to 1. And I thought that was uh, an appealing price about him. It is a 10 to 1 at the time of recording. Cateson for Kevin Blake. Uh, Tony Calvin, your nap of the Supreme Novices heard last year until yeah. you realised he was a bag of shit is here. In Golo at 14 to 1. Are you going to stick with him? No, you're taking the piss. Are you aware that I've actually put this up at anti-post? At no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I stuck him. Obviously, obviously, I thought I was done with him. But uh, I, I looked earlier in the week and he was 33s in this race and they dropped him £4 for that Haydock uh, run on his return off. Obviously, um, he totally lost the plot win with Willie Mullins, but there was a lot more promise in that Haydock run, um, uh, first run for uh, uh, 
Uh, I, I won't go into the COVID stuff. Uh, uh, first run for Anne Duffield. Um, yeah, and, and he was bang there when he made a mistake two out. I think he ran much better than the performance suggests. Um, got four pounds, uh, and I just think he's on a really good mark of 135 if they can get him back to anywhere near the, the grade one third for Willie Mullins. So, yeah, at a big price. I took a chance on him. I wouldn't touch him at his current price, about 14. So, mm. But um, like, I'm, I'm very happy. We're obviously very happy with a big price. Uh, I've got anti-post. I love the first two at the top of the market. I don't really like the prices. I was I was actually toying with um, with with Kevin's Caton for the for exactly the reasons um, he, he's given there. Um, Alistair Ralph has won with two of his last four runners as well. And even though there's three possible pace angles against him, uh, ah, Stone, I had I had Stoner's choice and Sardinia along with Smurfy Yankee. I do think he'll get his own way out in front. And okay. I think he I think he uh, with Betfair Sports will play four places. I can fully see that angle, but. Um, I'm staying with N'Golo, but I'm not going in again at the current price. N'Golo, can he or can't he? Uh, 14 to 1, uh, the price at the moment. Daniel, who have you come down on? Well, he's five years younger than everything Tony tipped last week, so he's getting... Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope he's back five miles faster as well. <laughs> um, I'm surprised I've had a mention for the horse. I like in this. Yeah, I know he's, he's favourite. I don't say this loads in his price, but he's about 72, Gary Clermont, 3 to yeah. 1. Make a case of five to two chance on the basis that he comes from stronger races. He comes from that Tritonic race at Ascot. First two that day both came right round the outside or challenged middle to wide, including my fellow Tritonic. Gary Clermont was up the inner, which I maybe it's anecdotal. I don't really like it, Ascot. I'd rather they swing wide into the straight and try and get the near side rail. I was really impressed with in the circumstances how well he saw his race out. He was really closing on the second late on. It's his first ever try beyond two miles. And on pedigree, the fact he's won a point and the way he shaped to ask it, I think he's more than ready for it. There might even be improvement at the trip. And it's just a dropping grade for me. And you you look back to that, you look back to that um, reappearance form. Your horse is like Highway 102 was fifth. He was second in the Lanzarote last week and had won his previous start. And I just thought he had a bit of strength and depth to his form in better races. And I thought the trip was an angle and he's ridden by a certain someone. Yeah, fantastic. Um, John Joe, the lodger. Yeah, so good stuff. There you go. The inside information there. Little notes passed underneath each other's rooms at night time to say back this source tomorrow. <laughs> so it's Gary Claremont at 7 to 2 then for Daniel Barber. We move on to the 220 gents. It's the SBK Mayor's Hurdle. It's a great two here on the card and it's over uh, two miles and seven to be exact. Molly Zolly's wishes are 15 to 8 favourite for the Skeletons. You've got Western Victory for Emma Lavelle at 9 to 4. My sister Sarah is interesting here. I put her up last year at Cheltenham and she didn't run too badly. Uh, finished sixth time last time out. She's in a 5 to 2. Anything for love, 9 to 1 and it's how much you like about the rest. My sister Sarah for me in this race, um, TCL, she might well be my nap of the weekend. Who do you like? Um, I thought... Uh, Molly Zolly's wishes was as the was the right favourite. Fifteen to eight's a little bit too skinny for me though. So mm. I've got a lot of races to get through, but yeah. I, I won't really add on to that. But yeah, I, I think I think she's the right fav. Okay, good stuff. Fifteen to eight, Dan. For you, um, which of the mares do you like? Well, one thing, the first thing I observed was, well, that makes the running. That makes the running all sits handy. That makes the running. Western Victory. I know he's got a new stable now. It was Declan Queely's now with Emma Lavelle. They've gone to 80k for she, sorry. Um, yeah. They've gone to 80k for her, but she used to force the pace all the time in in your land. And White Hot Chili Philly, you were we were all there at, at Sandown the day when that horse got a, a, an overly aggressive ride at Sandown, kicking for home on the home turn and just doing too much too soon. So it's a flyer because she's got a lot to find. But 
I'm looking at the without markets here primarily. In fact, I'll do both. I'll probably split, split stakes, um, win only in the win market and back her in the without market as well. And it's impressive lady at the bottom. A handicap win was off 119. Clearly, she's got an awful lot to find. She, but she's getting three pounds plus from everything, three or four pounds. Mm. She's had very few tries around three miles and she clearly stays the trip very well because she was she was flat out on the home turn at Kempton and really stayed on strongly. And she's basically the only one who hasn't got a history of forcing the pace. I just thought it was a potential for a turn up here if if a few of the likely ones go forward, cut each other's throats. It is a very sh- short... Uh, I'm, sh- I'm very short, sorry. It's a very yeah. weak view. Um <laughs> And it's based purely on the jockeys not reading the spotlights or whatever and thinking that they're just going to ride from the front. And I thought there could be a pace collapse. Okay, fantastic then. So uh, one without the five, maybe in each way, impressive lady at 20 to one at the time recording. Kevin, which mare do you like? None of them. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll swiftly move on. So that's lovely. The 255 is the bet 365 handicap at Chase. And uh, Palmer's Hill for, again, the O'Neill's is at the top of the market at five to two. Killer Clown, who did the business for Daniel last time out, is at four to one. Um, Fanny and Destreval at five to one. Phoenix Way for Harry Fry, sixes. Night in Dubai, 15 to two. Armour de Nui at eight to one. And Sab, what you like about the rest? Danny, sticking with Killer Clown here. No, I thought that was the day to get him, really. He's up seven. And yeah. I know Slate House, as Kev predicted, would run better in the blinkers. But basically, that race was a match from a long way out. And... He just galloped on more strongly than Slate House. Uh, Tony, I've already met, I've messaged him this this week about the horse that I like, but a spanner has well and truly been thrown into the works by the fact that he's entered again on Sunday at Lingfield. That's Fanny and Destreval. Mm. Anybody shed any light on which race the preference is? Because when it's on a different day, they don't have to reveal. No well, idea. No. No idea. But I, I'll make the case anyway. Lucy Turner rides, and that might put people off because she's an amateur rider claiming seven up against the pros. But I think she's good i think she's a good judge of pace horses jump for her and at the end of the day she is easing the burden on fanny and destreval it's important in a chase isn't it that that jockeys can get the horse to jump over the fence it is a and and, and shock horror shock horror dan dan thinks of claiming jockeys good (laughs) (laughs) she'd be a bit of a hindrance if she could get the horse to jump the bloody fence dan obviously tony tony doesn't care about jockeys he thinks that they should just attach 12 stone of potatoes to every horse well and see if they, they, every horse i backed in the bloody last three weeks has, has been exactly that. <laughs> uh, for me it's just a class thing i mean this is yeah. this degraded horse fanny and destreval he was fourth in the old Rome, coming from the clouds ridiculously strong finish and then he went to Newbury and outclassed a handicap. And I think he can do the same here. It's one of Kev's angles, the class horse. He's giving 17 pounds away. He's better than them. He's a, he's, a, he's a 159 horse or a 160 plus horse on the time form scale, running effectively in a 0 to 140 handicap. And I think that the fact he's now reinvented himself around mid-range trips is a massive plus. I think there might be even a bit more improvement from him around two and a half. I thought he stood out a bit. I'm not saying it's a weak race, but my negativity about Palmer's Hill quickly is just the fact you, you stopped that race at the last at Ascot and he looks like he's going to win by a length or two. He ended up winning by nine and a half because the runner-up was legless, Diego hmm. de Charmiel, okay. and as a result, he's going to pay. And how long will he stand racing? I thought the top horse should be favourite here. Okay. And so it'll stuff. probably run at Lingfield instead on Sunday. Lovely. Okay. Um, quick for yourself, TC, on um, this place. Uh, 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 Fanny and Destreval being... In at Lingfield, and I think someone said that was always the first plan, but you know, who knows? But the fact there's a dead eight in here, 
and Fanny and Desrail could be a non-runner totally. But it's my angle with Night in Dubai. I thought Night in Dubai was giving a very strange ride to, to mix it with Raw Nura from the front last time. Um, totally unnecessary. Um, so he didn't get an optimum ride there. Down three pounds, more patient ride in the race where he doesn't need to go forward. I thought Night in Dubai was was very interesting at 15 to 2 each way, three places. But if Fanny and Desterville comes out, you've only got two places, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to wait to near the off. I would probably end up back in Night, Desterville, uh, Night in Dubai if each way, if all eight stand their ground. But I'll probably do it on the each way market on the exchange or, or just wait. I'll just wait until the off. But Fanny, okay. you know, we've got a double enter horses Saturday and Sunday. We've, we've got one later on as well. It's just, it just yeah. kills, kills the betting, especially with the dead eight. Okay, fair enough. So, which brings us nicely to the feature then. It is the Clarence House Chase. It's a grade one. Shishkin against Anergamine. First flow is in there as well. And Amula Gold, but you can take them out of the equation. They're not going to win. <laughs> Kevin Blake, <laughs> Willie's going to get you. Willie's going to bring down Shishkin. I think Anergamine wins this race, and I can't wait for it. Who are you on side with? Hugh, there will be some listeners at home with beards and glasses going, oh, how disrespectful to first flow and a move like go. That's a no, disgraceful no, no, comment no. from you might, well take them out. you might as well take them out <laughs> and not put them in the race. They've got no chance. No chance. Uh, I can't wait for this, Hugh. Proper horse race, this. this. This is Tyson Fury versus Wilder, isn't it? You know, we've got two unbeaten chasers. We don't really know just how good they are because they haven't met one good enough to, uh, to, to show us their ceiling. And we have a good chance of seeing it here, I'd say, with the two of them. Proper horse race. Can't wait to see it. You know, beautiful track for it to happen at. Um, ground, I think, is going to be no excuses. I've seen some people say, oh, God, you know, an ergamine could do it some rain. Lads, his career best effort came on good to soft ground in Punchestown, so I wouldn't yeah. be fussing about the ground for him. I think this is going to be no excuses for the two of them. Um, look, something I pointed out yesterday talking about the race was that Look, Shishkin has always jumped a little bit left. Um, you know, some days it's looked worse than others. Um, and Ergamain has always jumped a little bit right again, some days worse than others. Um, so look, if Ergamain, if he's going to beat Shishkin, I suspect this set of circumstances will give him the best chance to do so. You know, that's what makes it so interesting. Like we're talking about marginal little things here. And I did have a couple of geniuses on Twitter saying, oh, is this the same Shishkin? That's whatever, five out of five going right-handed. And yes, yes, it is, you clowns. And that kind of misses the point. <laughs> the he's never lost a race. The like it is, he would be five oh, out of five. Just, he's, he's got five ones. That means it must be absolutely <laughs> perfect for him. Again, yeah. with their glasses and beards. Well done, lads. You've got um, the cartoon voices going quite well this week, Kev. I'm a great yeah. farm, yeah. I just sent me back to Bucky's that being sat in Bucky's when you probably weren't old enough to be in there. And uh, one of the veterans would say, This horse has got really good form. And you'd look and he's just referring to the fact there were three ones next to his name. <laughs> oh, God. As, a, as our great friend on Twitter, Icy, would say, I'd love a betting shop full of them. But there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but look, if I had to have a bet at the prices, it would be an argument. Um, I'm not going to have a bet at, at, at the prices or otherwise because, you know, this is just a fantastic horse race. Um, brings us back to the fundamentals of this sport, you. It's about finding out which one is best. And we've got two tip toppers here. Yeah. And I really can't wait to see how it pans. I just hope the two of them run well. And look, if Shishkin proves, you know, a five lengths better horse than an Ergamine, so be it. And that could easily be the case. But I think this is going to be very competitive. I, I hope, hope so. I think every, every, Yeah, I hope everyone gets the race that we hope for, Tony Calvin. And I go back mm. to last season, the Punches Town, where we had and Monkfish against NYLN, which turned out to be an absolute damn squib, and Willie Mullins' mare came up and picked up the pieces. I hope it's not that. I don't believe it'll be that. Who are we on, though? I'll tell you what, Hugh, you must be tempted. If you back both Shishkin and Anergamine, you'll, you'll get 8% back. 
Better than the credit union. Better than the credit union. Eight percent on your money in four minutes. God, dearie me. Um, I, I look like, like I suspect like ninety nine percent of the people watching. They, you know, they they're going to watch without an interest, aren't they? I did uh, what the back the jumping to the left. I did put that to Nico yesterday when I spoke to him, and he said, "Yeah, but you know that that that's the horse." And if it was good as undoing, then so be it. It's like, very sim. He jumps very similar to Altior actually, and yeah. Altior went markedly less throughout his career, especially in this race in 2019 as well. So, yeah, they're two top notches. They've all. They've all got untapped potential as well, as well as a very lofty rating in the 170s. Mm. Uh, it's just it's just a fascinating match. I mean, Kev mentioned the ground. I think more, more people are using the ground. Uh, you know, if it was softer ground, it would probably be more in an Ergamine's favour than Shishkin's. I think that's where people are mentioning the ground rather than an Ergamine won't go on soft or good to soft. But mm. it, it's just a it's just a brilliant, brilliant matchup, isn't it? It is. Okay, and Dan, I know you don't have a betting opinion, but who are you on side? Do you think Shishkin's gonna win? Yeah, I think he is, yeah. I mean I the market will be very interesting because the last time I recall a race like this, and to be honest, there haven't been loads of them. A few of us in the office were trying to, David Johnson asked us any clashes that you re- can recall. And down the years, there aren't loads of them because, no. I mean, Corto Denman was put forward as one, but I don't think get those two horses ever met each other and were at their very best on the day. It's very hard, isn't it, to get them to concert pitch both at the same time. But yeah, I thought yeah. The mo- one of the most interesting things will be the late market because, one of the most remarkable betting markets of recent years was the Altior versus Surname Clash, yes. where in yeah. the or in the last five minutes or so, you just could not get enough on Altior. As it happened, it was the it was misplaced. But mm. I wonder if there might be a similar move on Shishkin and the and the carrots mm. that are dangled about four to six, eight to thirteen might prove to be value bets. But I completely agreed with what Kev said on Sky yesterday in his piece, and that's something I very much had in mind is the fact that. If you were to draw up a track where Anergamine might upset Shishkin, it definitely wouldn't be Cheltenham, where there are too many unknowns. It would be Ascot on the basis, as Kez mentioned, the slight jumping left from Shishkin, but also the fact I've seen so many races at Ascot down the years blown apart by a front runner as the horses can't cope with the strong pace being set or don't jump well enough. But Shishkin's a different calibre, isn't he? And he's a, mm. he's a horse who will be able to adapt to those circumstances. And... There is a chance that if an Ergamine's on his game as under so was that year in a Tingle Creek, that he forces a an effort of pure brilliance out of Shishkin. I mean, there could be a 180 performance in this race, and let's hope we see it. I just hope one. Okay. Just, just one it. last thing before we go. An Ergamine hasn't had a, a, a trouble-free preparation since his last run, has he? So no. It, it, the, the late market move might might be very interesting there, but yeah, it's just a brilliant matchup. Isn't it? Yeah, we cannot wait. We cannot wait. Okay, lads, that's um, Ascot done. We've got Haydock then, and um, we're going to talk about the Skybet Supreme Trial. Um, it's a novice hurdle. It's a Grade Two, and it's over two miles. John Bond is your two to five market leader here. This will be short and sweet. We all expect John Bond to win. Might I for Harry Fry five to one, Richmond Lake eight to one, uh, Picard, Donny Boy. You can have what you like about the rest. Lebowski's in there as well. Um, but like this would be very short and sweet. Um, Kevin Blake, John Bond wins this, doesn't he? And then the Supreme picture is contorted once again and everyone's on the hype and most recently buys. Yeah, could be right. Yeah, yeah, that's been the trend of late, hasn't it? Um, if he puts up a, a visually impressive performance, um, even if they crawl around, um, everyone will get overexcited again, won't they? Mm. But uh, yeah, look, I, I thought he settled better the last day. You know, that's kind of what you're watching with him. You're just 
you know, Nicky said, like, the reason he's running is just to get another run into him. He doesn't want him getting over fresh on him. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they set out to make the running with him again. I, I thought he settled quite well and jumped well. He got a lovely, neat, low the last day. So they might want to do that again. But I suppose then, you know, you're looking forward to Cheltenham, I suppose. And ideally, they probably won't want to make him the run in the Cheltenham. So maybe they'll try and get a lead with him here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah, see how he settles. Yeah. Tony, I presume you're looking at this. In the context of your um, Constitution Hill bet to see, you know, what kind of threat John Bond might put yeah. should they line up in the same race? Hope, hopefully he'll get stuffed and <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll whack him up to the Ballymore. But I can't really see it. But, I mean, Haydock's a, a funny... Well, Dan will know because it's one of his local tracks. It's it's a funny track because it's it's quite close in and and he, and he has been fractious in the past. I know that hasn't really, really come to fruition in his last two starts, but... If he does kind of like start playing up, he, he can boil over at that kind of track because it's quite close and quite invasive and stuff. So, I, I, I mean, if you're backing him at two or five, then, then good luck to you. Well, there's some, okay. there's some decent, decent promising horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, but no, um, <laughs> if he, if he, win, I, I can't, I never see many horses being overly impressive at, at, at Haydock, even in ground that's not uh, bottomless, but. No, uh, I wouldn't go. Yeah, Bristol there may put up the greatest performance as Arkell at Haydock. Our host Jojo Star won the Swinton. <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> right. Um, let's move on, shall we, to the two o'clock, um, ladies and gents, uh, the Unibet Hurdle. Uh, it's a great two contest. Um, used to be absolutely... Champion Hurdle trial. Am I, not allowed, to, am I yeah. not allowed to talk about that race then here? Oh, bad? sorry. I thought you said you didn't have a betting view with the drama race. Yeah, go for it, please, Daniel. Please. Uh, yes. Also, what I wanted to add is collateral form. I'm not a big fan of on a line through this horse, but might I was 14 lengths behind Constitution Hill. So John Bond's got that private task. Can he beat him by further and more impressively? And I just wanted to give a, a push for our other podcast because I'm shameless. Um, don't come at yes. me about the name, but the Cheltenham Roarcast, we did cover this. The what? Supreme Pitch. <laughs> the what? Yeah, don't the come Cheltenham Roarcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, did, we did do this race in depth. Stop, stop roaring at me. Um, we did do this this race in depth on that in the week. Me, Kate Tracy, Daryl Carter and, and Alan Conway. So uh, my views are out there on that. But I do think there's, there's been an element of the society, racing society, wanting him to be a flop because he cost 570 grand. For that. <laughs> he's, been, he's been exceptional. I've laid him for the Supreme. I definitely do want him to be a bloody flop. <laughs> yeah. First episode is out now, by the way. The Chatham Rawcast with Daniel and friends. Uh, it's out. Uh, first episode's out now. Second one is out next Wednesday. So make sure... Is your, is your special guest coming up next week? Is it going to be Eartha Kit? <laughs> You <laughs> <laughs> just reminded me of Partridge and Friends. I've, yeah. I've got more friends than you've got cows. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got 39 friends. <laughs> <laughs> the two o'clock is the Unibet Hurdle, as I mentioned. Uh, Tom Tasker is odds on for this. He's really two to one on at this stage. Uh, Hunter's call nine to four. Uh, Navajo pass or Navajo pass at uh, 10 to one. But it's all about the favourite here. Anybody think that Tommy's Oscar won't win this race? We can keep this short and sweet. Yes. You don't think he will? I don't think he will. Really? Um, yeah, I think I think this is going to be a proper burn-up. Um, you have Global Citizen there, who generally always goes a good gallop in front, but you also have Navajo Pass, who, who's a regular front-runner, but they've sucked blinkers on him. And I'd say he's going to go cracked in the blinkers. And himself and um, and Global Citizen will, will might well get wrapped up with each other and go a mad pace. And It's, it's not that it won't suit Tommy's Oscar, but I think it will really suit Hunter's call. Um, he's a real strong traveler. Um, you know, they, they never they never seem to go quick enough for him, and they will go quick enough for him here, one assumes. 
Um, and like he's got a funny old profile, like he's 12 years of age, but his his last run in the international hurdle was probably his best, you know, travel the winner there. They didn't go fast enough for him and he just tied up a little bit close home. Um, so I think the gallop there seem almost sure to go here and um, would allow Aiden Coleman to, to ride him with loads of confidence, take his time, and hopefully they fall back into his lap and, and he can strike. So I would take Hunter's call to uh, to Right, uh, Tommy's Oscar. That'll do for That's me. That's interesting. That's interesting. Nine to four at the time of. But there has been a little bit of support for him as well this week. Five to two is nine to four. So uh, maybe keep an eye on that. But yeah, Kev is saying the favourite will be toppled. And um, we move on if we can to the two thirty-five. The last one we're going to talk about at Haylock. It's the Peter Marsh Handicap Chase. And um, it's a Grade Two once again, and it's three miles and a furlong. Royal Pagai is in here at nine to four. Um, up against remastered for David Pipe again. The pipes, you know, you just have to have question mark over their stable form. Empire Steel five to one, and Lord de Mesnil eight to one. You can have what you like about the rest here. Um, I really like Royal Bagai, uh, Tony Calvin, and yeah. at nine to four, I think I'll be backing him. Um, he was unless persuade me otherwise. Yeah, yeah, no, he was he was five to nine to two um, when I wrote my oh, just before I wrote lovely, my lovely. my anti post column on Tuesday, but. That got cut in before I bought filed, so I, I steered away from him. But I, I just think he's—I think he could outclass these, couldn't he? And he, apparently, yeah. the, apparently, the vibes from the stable are very, very positive. Now, he had to miss the King George after the Betfair Chase because he, um, he he just had a minor injury; it needs stitching up. But apparently, he's in, in cracking form now. Won the race last year. This is a this is a this is a, a deeper renewal, and I have got a lot of respect for Empire Steel and Remastered. Uh, I think I think this will gravitate towards the top three in the market. Uh, but at nine to four, I think you kind of missed the boat with the because there is some there is some depth in the race, and uh, as Dan knows to his his cost and his uh, uh, his uh, his grief at the time, uh, Empire Steel was probably oh, going to yeah, win yeah. the Roland Merritt when it, when he came down four out, and because he came down four out, and obviously he's a long way out, they can't the handicapper can't touch him. Um, so that was more John Merrick for me than Roland Merrick. It was that stressful. All oh, right, yeah, it was it was a pretty bad one, wasn't it? Um, no, I, I look, again, it's 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 a boring recurring theme of the weekend. I think the favourites very very solid, but nine to four, I think the I think the value the price has ebbed away. Okay, I, I think he's very solid. I still like nine to four, Dan, and I'll back him at that price. What about you? I'm with you. I mean, I shouldn't really be saying this as a bit of a numbers geek or whatever, but what do handicap marks really matter when it's Haydock on heavy ground? It's about how well you cope with conditions. And this horse showed last season in winning this race without coming off the Eric Idol, that he's <laughs> an absolute machine on, on softish ground. And I hope they go for the Cotswold, actually. I thought it was worth a crack in that. But the fact they've brought him back for the race he'd won last season, again, he's given he's giving nearly a stone away. But, I mean, he's a Gold Cup calibre horse on his day, isn't he? He's, his performance in the race last season fit that sort of billing and he's up against horses that really aren't as good as him. And I know Remaster was unlucky in, in the, the old Hennessy when he crashed mm -hmm. out, he might've won. Kaluki arrives on the back of a win and say Empire Steel broke my heart a bit at, at Weatherby, but one horse who is so well suited to the demands of this track is him. And that's pretty much all I look for in these races. I'm going to back a saver. I'm going to have a saver on Sam Brown. Now there's some guess up involved as well, but he's another horse that is, He's just so effective in the mud. He ran in that silly race that Protector out won at Aintree, but he did better than most to say he had a stiff task. Tong Tai goes back on. He wore that when he ran okay at Punchestown, and he's got a run behind him now. Stable have been flying lately, and even that Carlisle form of last season when he was third to Imperial Aura 
makes him look well enough one four seven. So you're chancing a bounce back, but they were the two against the field that I thought. Yeah, Lord Manil's a specialist around here as well, but they were the two I thought I'm most going for them at the prices. Always look on the bright side of life. At least he didn't come off the Eric Idle. Like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that? That's no, hopefully that's happened, yeah. Nothing, nothing from TC. What's that? Fuck it. Okay. Taunted lads, we'll move on with one race to talk about. Uh, the three fifteen is the Biowave Go Portman Cup Chase. Um, again, stairs need only apply here. Three miles and a half, three miles four furlongs and old money. Yara Enki, the old plotter, is out here at four to five. Elegant escape for Colin Tizard at seven to two. Full back five to one. Ramses to tie at five to one. And it's coup de pinko at 66 is here. Mm. Um, Yara Enki, very, very reliable in these kind of races. Very, very solid. Yeah. And Daniel, um, do you think he is a better four to five? No, I don't. I don't want to get involved in this race, but it's cup final territory for him. He's won it for the last yeah. two years. You know yeah. that Nichols will have had it earmarked since he won that race yeah, and is. denied me the bet on the mighty Don, who nearly fell again at the last. No, no, no strong view. I mean, I can't get excited yeah. about Yalarenki, but you know, pound to a penny that this is his day. Yeah, yes. Nichols, Nichols name checked him after that Cheltenham race. I mean, this is a classic example of chucking money at races for horses that don't exist. Uh, and, and being surprised when they get four or five runners, and it, it, at five to six, he's probably a fair a fair price. I'd rather be a backer and layer, given that these two main market rivals have just were just pulled up in the Welsh National last time. It's mm. you know, it's, it's you know, fair play with the prize money, but no. Yeah, but Tony, the solution to everything is just more money, more yeah. money. Yeah. No structure, no more structure, money. no thought. Just just chuck money. Ah, 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 ah. More money. More money. I tell you what. I tell you what. The Grand National needed, didn't it? It needed that extra bit of money to take out two million pounds because I was going to sidestep entry when it had fifty grand less, but now it's got their extra fifty grand. I'm going to go there. I'm going to yeah, go there. What a game. Um, okay, I'm struggling to get prices up here for Linkfield on Sunday, but I, I, I do have the race in mind, so we can maybe just talk yeah. through it if you don't mind, uh, gentlemen. So the uh, first we're going to talk about on the Sunday, the one twenty is the Winter Millions Novices Hurdle. Um, so you've got Bow to Greatness in there. I'm just reading off the BHA website at the moment. I'll try and get some price up in a second. Uh, Bally Griffin College, Blade Runner, uh, Crossing Lines, Danilo Derry, Dom of Mary, uh, Fame After the Glory, and High Stakes, Kev. Have you got a, a, a strong opinion on this one? No, you don't. Sure you don't? No, I, um, so I don't. Oh. We've got so, Bally Griffin talk. Cottage is yeah. going to be your favourite in here. Uh, very promising fur to Blazing Carl. I quite like Danilo Derry. It's going to be a double-figure price because... You know, uh, Sunday at Linfield, um, after the ground's been opened up on, on Friday, it's mm. going to be pretty desperate. And, um, you know, I think you'll need a, a strongly old, built, well-built chaser. And that's what Danella Derry is last time. But I think in terms of ability, I think, again, I think the favourite might take a lot of beating, but conditions are going to be pretty brutal. Uh, Any inspection yeah. likely Sunday? They've passed theirs today and Raisin haven't. They've just been given the Spanish archer. But yeah. Yeah, it's Tony said, I mean, what state will the ground be in after? I mean, it's well, it's like, it's, I mean, they, obviously they, they did a, a brilliant task getting down all the, the frost covers for, for Friday's meeting. Um, it's going to be cold for the next few nights, isn't it? So obviously they're not going to put them down again because, you know, the man hours involved are, are colossal. But mm. uh, no, I, look, I'm presuming that's why a lot of these horses are, some of the horses are double entered. But um, yeah, hopefully it goes ahead. And, you know, the, the favourite is it, it looked a very promising sort. Lovely. Um, uh, uh, at Cheltenham, but okay, yeah. it'll be about two, it'll be about two one five to two. The favourite, lovely. The one fifty then is the Kazoo Novice Chase at Linkfield. Um, Favoir is in there for Dan Skelton, Warlord for Colin Tizard, Shake him up, Harry. Just five runners. 
Il Rodoto for uh, Paul Nichols and um, Rashidish, or uh, yeah, Rashidish, I presume is how you pronounce Gary Moore's horse in that, Dan. Um, <laughs> is it or Rich, Richidish? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. Just enjoying what... your struggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> struggle. Struggle with the old yeah. English language, I do. I didn't know you had a Sean Connery impression in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Rashidish, much money. Rashidish. <laughs> what do you think, Dario? Um, I think we're getting a bigger price than we should here about a horse because he's got a defeat on his record, and that's yeah. Il Rodoto, who I thought was a, a definite runner in that Henry VIII, as it happened, Edward Stone um, proved himself the best two-mile British novice in that race. But he'd been really good at Newbury, this horse. I know he had the allowance, but he absolutely skated in, not off the bridle. It was only his second run for Nichols. You just assume that he bounced and the race came too soon at Sandown. But as a result of that, a horse who was 6-1 to one to win a Henry VIII, he's now probably going to be maybe half that price at, at the very shortest to win mm -hmm. a, a much lesser novice. Now, I've not got a great deal against Warlord. He ran in the same race, but he was a bigger price to win it. And shake him up, Harry's, Harry's taken, up, taken well to chase him. I thought Il Rodoto still had a fair bit of potential. And I, as long as he copes with conditions, which might be a niggle, I thought he was the, I'd have made him favourite for this race. Lovely. Okay, great stuff then. And um, we'll move on. I do have some prizes up now. The 225 is the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival betting guide mm. hurdle race. Again, um, it's quite competitive. Brewing up a storm is in at a 13 to 8 after falling last time out. Woody or Woody not have won the race. Um, against Stormy Ireland. Well, I'll leave you to decide that. I think she would have won anyway. Darvish Star 94, who after winning the last day seems to have got um, his jumping act together. Gosh, and the headbangers in here for more headbanging action. Miranda 92, and it's 100 to one or 10 to 1 lucky max. Ooh. Kevin Blake. Um, uh, you know, regardless of your view of Bruno Pastor on the last day, uh, this is a competitive old race, I think. It's an interesting one there. Yeah, yeah, there's a few with question marks. Look, Bruno Pastor was the likeliest winner, clearly. Um, comes into the race in great form, brings a good level in, um, has a penalty to carry, as does Goshen. Um, but look, he's a solid enough fav. Uh, and Goshen, I know he gets a bit gets a bit of grief on here, primarily from you, but uh, this is this is his first chance for a while to run on proper testing ground. Mm. Um, and, and that makes him interesting because when we've seen him on testing ground, he has tended to be quite good. Um, and I'm kind of I, I'm tempted at the price. I'm tempted. You know, Darver Star came back to life last time at Punchestown, um, returned to hurdling and, and was very good, but it was a nutting race, really. Um, you know, you, 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 go, you have to go back kind of whatever it was, two or three years to when he was, you know, given honeysuckle of fright in the Irish champion hurdle and, you know, finishing third in the champion hurdle. Like he's, he's high class on his day, but I'd say he's had a, his, his physical issues now. Um, I think he, he was bursting for a while. Um, other things going wrong. So while he won last time, I don't know. I think that was a scrap race, to be honest. So I'm leaning towards Goshen, but as you can tell, it's a, it's a windy enough opinion. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to push right. you. I'm going to Go push that lead and turn it into a into a, a view. I think oh. I think this is his day. Yeah. I think this yeah. is the day that we Goshen. see him back. Really? Yeah. No, yeah. I wish I had gone first here now, but you carry on, and I'll and I'll and I'll convert. A bit later, yeah, go on. Yeah, well, we're all aware that we could end up with lots of egg in our face if it backfires, and he did what he did at Cheltenham that year, hanging off the track. But small field, bottomless ground. Last time he had something similar, he won that Wincanton race by a mile. The stable is in ridiculous form. Their last four runners, as we speak, to have completed one. Um, they're absolutely rampant in the better form than when he ran on his reappearance, and he ran in he ran in that whole in that um, Betfair Exchange race. And they just went mad in front, didn't they? They just did too much in front and the, and the pace collapsed. 
this is a, a far more suitable setup. And whilst brewing up a storm has done very little wrong, apart from falling on his arse when I backed him at Cheltenham, he did he did fall and take a nasty one where I thought it was, you know, one of those when you see them hit the deck at first, you're like, ooh, you fear the worst of it here. I mean, he's got up, obviously, they'll be happy with him to run him, run him again, but what's going to take him on as well, Goshen? I mean, if they want to revert to riding him aggressively again, he might he might be so far clear he just doesn't come back and the stable form is a, is a massive plus for me at present. So I'm I'm back on the Goshen bandwagon. Right. Hmm. For, forgive me, Father, for all I've sinned. I, I'm going to go one step further than you two. I've actually already backed the horse at 92. Oh! Just, oh. just, <laughs> just, just before we came on out, I backed him at 92. I thought... Mad. I would thought it'd be freeze tops. And for, for all the reasons that Dan said and Kevin said, easy lead, heavy grounds, questionable opposition, I thought 92 was huge. <sighs> the uh, Goshen um, Express. True, <laughs> true. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, not going to happen. It doesn't take a detour via the paddock this time. It just, just <laughs> the detour via the mental asylum and he'll be wrapped up for the rest of his life. Yeah, he, he was on the tracks and if it's a case of where, where they're going, Goshen can keep up the momentum now. Exactly. <laughs> right. right, there you go. There's a clean sleep for Goshen, obviously. Um, uh, myself excluded from that. We'll move on to the three o'clock. It's the Fleur de Lis chase. Anyone, uh, if you say Fleur de Lis, what film are we talking about? Ooh. Fleur de Lis. Oh, no, flower. I don't. I don't know what it means. It's flower, isn't it? Yeah, it's French, but it's. Um, did you see L.A. Confidential? Fleur de Lis. Oh yes, great yeah. shout. Yeah, yeah. Is it so, um, Kim, it ba- Kim Basinger? Yeah, Kim Basinger. Yeah, Kim Basinger. Yeah, yeah. and um, Kevin Spacey. Oh, Kevin Spacey. No. Is it Kevin Spacey's gone at the game, isn't he? Again, stairs only need to play. You've got um, Bristol Devine here at nine to four. Dashwood Rasher at three to one. Master Tommy Tucker eleven to two. Fanny and Destreval again. We mentioned possibility to run on Saturday, so just check that. Obviously, um, Itchy Feet eleven to two, and it's how much like about um, the rest here. So, Kev, I mean, you can kick us off here. Bristol Devine nine to four. Is he your type of bet for this race, or do you like something else? No, no, with the Drasher. I love a bit oh, yeah. of Dashiell Drasher. Um, okay. Look, he, he's not, he, he, you know, he might have company up in the front end here, probably, but um, like I, I just thought he seemed in great order at Newbury last time, like over hurdles, as we talked about on the old, um, on Wade In, you know, he got, he got a bit of a head start, um, Rex Dingle on the ball, and like I know he won by half a length, but for me, he was Dawson. He, uh, from memory, he pricked an ear there coming down to the last and pricked an ear coming halfway up the straight. And it looked like he was getting tired, but I think he was just messing around. And in fairness to him, like this time last year, he showed that he's, that he's a high-class horse on his day, winning the, the Ascot chase. And uh, you'd think this race would suit him now, ground and trip and everything else. And um, It's not a soft touch now, but I thought he was the one. I'm hoping okay. he goes and wins. Okay. What about yourself, Dan? Um have you got an opinion on this race? No, I don't. I That's think it's hard. Uh, obviously, hard. Okay. my okay. It, it's, I I like Fanny and Destreval if he goes to Ascot on on Saturday. So I'm, yeah, I, I'm okay. just up in the air until they decide in the morning. Okay, and um, what, what about yourself, Tommy? Yeah, um, Fanny and Destreval could. There's loads of pace on here, so that yeah could suit that kind of horse. But I'm not I'm not massively sold about the the horse at the trip and in the going. Just coming back to one of the earlier races, talking about double ending horses, shake him up, Perry in the five runner novice chase. That's mm. due to run at Haydock on Friday, uh, Saturday. So be be wary of that. I, I actually was. I'm kind of coming around to itchy feet on the ground after a good run last time. Um, mm. I think conditions will suit, and he can throw in a bad a bad jump here and there. But I thought he might be half interesting. But 
still yeah. formulating my ideas on that one, but there's I'll be looking to oppose uh, the front runners in there because there's three or four that do like to go forward. Okay, and the last of Linkfield on Sunday before we talk about the two and turtles to finish up then is the racehorse.com Surrey National Handicap Chase. It's at 3.35 on the card and the betting is go whatever at 11 to 2 at the time of recording. Um, Laskell in at 13 to 2, Pemberley at 15 to 2, just to type 9 to 1 and it's 10 to 1 bar. It's wide open here. Um, Tony Calvin, maybe you might um, suggest something at a, at a bigger price. I'm not sure if you have a strong view on this, but um, certainly plenty available at big prices yeah. here. I would say, obviously, with the time recorder, I wouldn't say I had, a good, I had about 20 minute look at this race. Um, I backed just your type last time each way and we ah. scrambled, scrambled into fourth. Um, I would have this horse likes to go put some of his best performances when going forward but he could never get competitive in the Tommy Whittle last time this is yeah. a this is a real step down in class he's been dropped two pounds for that run um I thought he was I thought it was interesting I'd be looking for double figure prices so I've seen some prices and I think he's just around about a seven to eight to one chance I've been looking for maybe a little bit bigger than that but He's the one that came straight back at me, uh, having, having looked at the race. But I want, I want, a, I want a prominent, aggressive rider. I didn't see a great deal of pace in the race. Okay, yeah, quick Dan. second vote for that, if you don't mind. Yeah, just uh, he was the first. I didn't do the race in great depth because we did the time beat us, but it was the first time I thought because I mean he's got two characteristics this horse. One, he's an extremely clumsy jumper, and the other is he's unbelievably effective on bad ground. He's just got bottomless stamina, so. Going around Lingfield soft fences on heavy is right up his street compared to a Tommy Whittle where he wasn't disgraced anyway on good to good to soft. And you topped it to three and a quarter miles on good to soft prior to that. Um, yeah, I thought he was the one. I, I never really back him because of his negatives, but the day he's going to put it together is under these sort of circumstances. Yeah, yeah double figures sounds big. Excellent. Okay, that's nice. Uh, the nice double vote for him. Okay, there's two races at Turner's Kev, which you're going to talk us through uh, briefly. The Coolmore Novices Chase, uh, the Mayor's Novice Chase, Grade Two. Manella Melody nine to four at the time of recording. Jeremy's Flame five to two. Bally Shannon Rose, uh, who I'm a fan of. I don't know if this would be a little bit above her level. Five to one, and it's eleven to two bar. Is there um is there a standout for you here? Who do you like? Um, well, look, Jeremy's Flame was kind of putting it together over fences at last. Was quite good at Nace last time. Had finished second the concertista prior to that. Um, you know, she she proved her stamina last time. And um, look, she's very solid, I think. But sure, look, the X Factor is Manila Melody and um, was, you know, a very good hurdler. You know, was second to Storm Yard in, in the grade one of Punchestown. This is her chasing debut, but she was very impressive in a point to point back in the day. So um, the fact that she's making her chasing debut and seasonal reappearance at this time of year suggests that you know she's had a problem along the way and the fact that they're coming into a graded race straight away i'd actually read that a little bit negatively um because i'd say they kind of have uh, i'd say they have it in their mind that it's one of those that right we're getting a little bit late in the season we don't really want to give up our novice status but if she can win yeah. a graded one so be it um i'd read it a little bit negatively i think if she was if she was ready to rumble um they, they might put her in a maiden rather than this so, yeah, I, I'd be happy enough with Jeremy's claim, but it's not a mad bullish view. Okay, and then the final race we're going to talk about is the 3.15 on the card at Terrace on Sunday. It's the horse and jockey chase, grade two here. And potentially we could see the 1-2 and the Ryanair competing in this race on Sunday, because I really like Fakir today, as I always have, and Alaho was just so impressive, possibly the most impressive performance of the entire festival last year. And he's in here for his seasonal reappearance at 2-5. to five. Um, 
Kev, yeah, it's an interesting old race between the top two, I think, anyway. Notebook is in there in battle over the end, who won't get anywhere near them, but anyway. Yeah, well, hey, Notebook might play a role, though. Notebook might play a role, yeah. On the front yeah. end. Yeah. Um, you know, the notebook, of course, of course, famously tried to spoil an ergamine at Cork there and um, absolutely fit his trousers thereafter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. this is a proper race. So Gallaho, um, like you say, brilliant in the Ryanair. Um, probably the most impressive winner of the whole season for me in a grade one. Um, and look, he made a winning comeback at Punchestown, but it was hard enough going now. And you could tell from Willie afterwards that he wasn't really... <laughs> thrilled having won a grade one um, because he just felt he'd a hard race and they have elected to sit out since then with him um, look he, this was his prep race last year for, for the Ryanair it worked well Willie's a creature of habit not a shock that he's back at it um, but you know I've always preferred this horse going left handed I don't think he's had a, a, a an ideal preparation for it um, they're using it as a stepping stone, I suspect, to Cheltenham. So I wouldn't like to be lashing into him now with whatever he is, two to five. Um, Fakir, look, finished fourth to Alaho last time, finished second to him in the Ryanair. Um, I was disappointed with his jumping last time. That's one thing you can normally set your watch by with him. He's such a good jumper, yeah. Yeah, he just, I think early on, it just went wrong. He kind of sat outside Alaho and Alaho jumps left and it just knocked his rhythm, I think, early. And it, the losing his rhythm jumping wise just made him look slower than he is like it looked like he got outpaced kind of tree out and then just plotted away but it was his jumping I think they kind of put him in that position more than anything so the main thing with Fakir is you'd love to see him get into a rhythm here and, uh, and if he can we know he's good enough to, to maybe put it up to Alaho um, around this course of distance so I'd be, I'd be hopeful Fakir would run, would run better than he did the punch sound and hopefully shake up the fav but um, yeah that, that'd be my view Great. Okay. Good stuff. Well, you're interested in Fakir for the Ryanair back and maybe now before he goes and runs the weekend because if he does do better and he manages to shake it up, he'll be a lot shorter come festival time. Gents, that's been great. We covered loads of races there. All that remains is your naps. Um, TC, do you have a nap this week or are you going to give it a uh, No, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be true to myself. I'm the only horse I've backed on Saturday and Sunday uh, from the overnight stays is Goshen. So that has to be my nap. I, I, okay. I know we settle a bet for SP and I, I don't think we'll be getting 92 near the off, but mm. that's the only horse I back. So that's the only horse I'm putting up. So Goshen is my nap of the weekends because he's such Fair a enough. reliable conveyance. He is <laughs> such a reliable, perfectly normal, uh, level-minded horse, and you're per- perfectly right to put all your money on him. I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for a double lads first time. <laughs> Come on, then, John Bond. I'm going to go with John Bond and I'm going to go with Royal Pagaya. So hey. I cannot believe he's not putting the other two odds on shots in there. No, I'm not. I'm Tommy's not, Oscar and Shishkin. Oh, no, he's no. Prince, he's no, I'm on, no. See, I'm on an ergamine, and I, but I just couldn't back an ergamine. You, really, you yeah. really should have Dutch Shishkin and an ergamine. You, oh, you, you would have gone <laughs> down in punching and tipping folklore. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking about the reverse forecast, just getting an argument, but I just even for me, that's too much of an absolutely filthy bet. So, yeah, Royal Pagai and John Bond is my double for yourself, uh, Kevin Blake. Well, I was tempted by Shishkin because he is unbeaten going right-handed, you know, so that, that, that really did tempt me. But, uh, but, but I decided to go for the old tally-ho, going for Hunter's Call in the uh, in the grade two champion hurdle trial. At yeah. yeah, watch out, honeysuckle. Yeah, wasn't that the race that you want? The new one used to piss up. Was that the race he used to win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's named after him now. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Um, What about yourself, Dan Barber, our leader at the moment? What's the map, please? It definitely would have been Fanny and Destreval, but then the Sunday thing got mixed in into the the argument. So 
I feel like I should copy TC with Goshen. Uh, no, I'm going to go Do Gary it. Claremont. Gary Claremont in that handicap hurdle. Okay, Gary Claremont on the That's handicap good. hurdle. Good stuff. Um, gentlemen, well done. All races covered. Enjoy tomorrow's race between Shishkin and Ergamine. It's going to be an absolute belter, we hope, um, provided both of them stay on their feet, of course. Don't forget the Cheltenham Roarcast with Daniel and Ben back next Wednesday. <laughs> Episode one is out now. Check it out if you haven't checked it out already. We're back at Wade In on Monday morning. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs>